Uh, what I wanted to share with you today, the bottom line is, is that God shows us what true love should look like by the way he loves us. Amen? He shows us what true love looks like by the way he loves us. And I use this question, excuse me. I used this question um, the other night when I was with the youth on Wednesday night, and it was real interesting because, you know, we have some new youth in there, and some of them are just getting into sixth grade, and they're a little nervous about being among the youth, and I had to pick on a couple of them a little bit, like Hannah. But I picked on them a little bit with this question because this is a question that, you know, many of them haven't maybe experienced yet, but I'm going to ask you the same question today, and here's the question. Remember... Remember when, when you fell in love for the first time? And like I said, when I asked that question, Hannah's looking at me like, no. But and, and I know that many of you can. We can remember when we fell in love for the first time. What, what, and, and, some of the, and another question that I asked the youth, I asked them, I said, you know, when, 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 when someone falls in love for the first time, what kinds of things do they do? How do they act? What do they think about? And, 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 and rightfully so, I received good answers, and, and you know, I was hoping for some good answers, and I was, I was a little nervous about some of them, but they did good, and, and the answers that they gave were all, all you know, good. They were, you know, if, if when, I, when I fell in love, things that people act like, it, you know, or do or think, it's, you know, that's all I can do is want to spend time with them. If you love that person, all you want to do is spend time with them, or, or all, all you can do is think about them. That's all they're all, all in your mind. That's all the time. Or when something exciting happens, that's one of the first people you want to go and tell, you know, hey, this has happened. And, and those, those are good, good, good answers. And, uh, but I, I believe that our culture gives us all kinds of crazy examples of love. And, 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 you know, like I was telling the children, we love cookies. We love banana pudding. I mean, Miss Glenda, that's the, the best banana pudding there is. I love that banana pudding. And, and, you know, many of us, we love our phones. I mean, our phones are pretty important because if I don't put things in my phone, I forget to show up at the FCA meeting with Lori Lee Perkins on Wednesday. And then she texts me and says, Preston, did you forget? Of course I forgot. Sorry. You know, but we, we need our phones to help us stay in line, right, to keep up with uh, what's going on. And I loved it, Pat, because when she texts me, she said, did you forget? And then she came to pick up her children, and she says, you're getting a little old, aren't you? You couldn't remember, huh? I'm like, stop acting like your father. But, uh, you know, we, we say these things, and, and, the, and the world around us gives us these crazy ideas of, of what love is. But really, when it comes down to it, what, what does it mean is a question that we must ask. And, you know, I, I know this, that God shows us his love through Jesus Christ, right, to, that he died for us, right? I mean, that's what love is, right? I mean, that's what love truly is. I mean, the Scripture tells us that uh, there is no greater thing than when a man uh, lays down his life for his friend. You know, there is no greater love, you know, and, and, and God has shown us that. So God basically shows us what love should look like by the way he loves us. And, and that's, our, that's our bottom line today. And Here's the, here's the question, though. Well, what does God want in return? What, do, what does God want in return? He wants our love, doesn't he? He wants us to love him back. He wants us to love him back. And, 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 and so, here, th listen to this quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, love is not affectionate feeling, 
but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. C.S. Lewis, I don't know if you ever read any of his stuff, but he's a pretty cool dude. If you think you're smarter than him, you're not. This guy, he's got it going on. But, you know, I, I think that we have, we've been trained We've been trained, and you know, maybe we didn't even know that this was actually happening, that we had been being trained, but every, everything around us, from the movies that we watch, from the, the TV sitcoms that we watch, from the music that we listen to, they give us, in, in, our, in our modern culture, predominantly, they give us this idea of love. It's, it's, it's kind of shallow. It's kind of weak, if you ask me. It's ridiculous. Empty. It's impossible to feel safe type of uh, emotive love. I mean, this kind of love looks down on, um, on a deep, genuine, biblical love, which we view as, which they would view as unhealthy. You know, it's unhealthy to love the way the Bible says the world around us. Our culture tells us that. You know, because, but, I, I say predominantly, but, not, not everybody when I say this, but most people, mostly, love is purely in a, an emotive and, and can be fallen into and out of, um, depending really on how happy the other person is making you feel. I mean, so really, we don't love other people, we, we love us. You know, if you're making me feel good about myself, I'll love you. If you're doing things that, you know, I like, then, you know, I love you. I mean, that's not what love is, is it? I mean, love is you make me happy so I love you? No. That's not, that's not loving someone else. I, I, I think sometimes our, our love for God is maybe this shallow. You know, we love ourselves a lot. Amen. I mean, I love me. One of the stories, you know how you always talk to your family, you know, you talk about these things. If you were ever on, you know, if there were, you know, you were just deathly ill and there was no hope for you and, you know, pull the plug kind of thing, uh, my dad would always say, no, no, leave me plugged in. They might come up with a cure. I like me. You know, that's what he would say. I like me. They might come up with a cure. But, you know, when we think about this, when we think about how, uh, um, how we say uh, these things that we love, and, 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 and then this idea that the world around us is um, sharing love is, 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 is really incomplete. And so here, here's why I'm saying this to you. I'm saying this to you because love actually is an What love actually is, is if our understanding of love doesn't have some depth or some root to it, it's, um, you know, something that to hold us down, like, you know, an anchor holds down a boat. When, when we begin to think about the love that God has for us, we're going to have the wrong idea. We're going to have the wrong idea. We're, we're not going to fully know the love that God has for us. It won't, it won't feel as spectacular as it should feel. I mean, it should be a spectacular feeling to know that God loves us anyway. Amen? I mean, because, you know, we've all said this to ourselves. I think we, we've all heard ourselves say that we feel like we, we, we have to measure up. We feel like um, we have to do everything right in order for God to love me. 
I have, to, I have to get this out of my life before God can love me. I have to quit thinking like this in order for God to love me. I've got to start acting like this in order for God to love me. This is what the world tells us around. This is what our culture tells us. Where do we get this idea? How did we come up with this idea that I have to act a certain way in order for God to love me? We got this idea from the world around us. I mean, every time, like I said, every, every, um, every breath that we watch TV or any of these, the movies uh, or listen to songs on the radio, you can see it is in the air of, of, of a love that, that's not unconditional, but rather conditional. I mean, the love that I have sometimes is conditional that uh, we are, are, are longed, are, are we, that we are loved uh, if we perform accordingly. I'm going to be loved if I'm performing accordingly. That's, that's not love. The Bible, that's not the way the Bible teaches it. It's important uh, for us to, to move away from this popular, predominant understanding of love and get into the biblical version of love. And so, I'm going to share with you one of the most Everybody, the unbelieving people, everybody that not church people, everybody knows this verse. I mean, it's one of the most popular Bible verses that everyone knows. If you're watching a football game, you might see it flashed on the scoreboard. Or if you're watching basketball, when the hoop goes in, you know, they got that angle like this, and you'll see it on the top of the backboard, John 3.16. I mean, you see this verse on coffee cups. Everyone knows this verse. And... Let me, let me set it up a little bit for you. Uh, I, I, my wife and I, we've been married 26 years this past June. Uh, you know, I don't know how I've done it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So let, let me say this. Uh, 26 years we've been married this past June, but for the first 15 years... When you, when you brought my background and her background into the same house, it was chaotic. I mean, we were not jiving, if you will. Things were going wrong. I mean, you can ask her. She, uh, for the first 15 years, I'm sure, she told me, I don't know. I didn't want to stay. She said she wanted to leave. Why not? Well, because I made a commitment before the Lord that I would stick to you until death do us part. You know, so but our, 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 when, when our backgrounds, like I said, came into the same home, it was chaotic. For God so loved the world. Turn you in your Bible to John 3.16. Most famous verse in all of the world. Everyone knows this one. For God so loved the world. Now, if you're that person that writes in your Bible or you highlight things or circle things, or, you know, I don't have a problem writing in my Bible because, you know, it's just a, I mean, it's a book. It's God's Word. It's alive and living. But unless we apply it to our lives, it's just another book. So if you're not discriminating God's Word by writing in it, I promise you. Okay? If you're doing anything, you're helping yourself learn. And so what I suggest, if you're that person, just circle that word so. For God, so. Circle that word. It's a great word. I mean, for God so loved the world. Like, if there's a volume of, of amount of love that God has, if there's an, a volume, it's not a little bit of love. 
I mean, he so loved the world. I mean, Mr. Bobby and I were talking earlier, and he said that, that word should have been S-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O. I mean, he, that's, a, that's a lot, isn't it? I mean, God so loved the world. I mean, what he means by the world here is, is not the planet. I mean, obviously, the Lord created it. He loves it. But he's talking about the inhabitants of the planet, you and I. He loves us so much that he gave of himself. I want us to stop right here and think about something real quick as we, as we uh, dive into this. Um, the next part of the verse, it says that he gave his only son. Now, what, what we have here is, is the love of God coming toward us. Okay, uh, uh, again, this, this, is, this should be a spectacular thing when you think about it. For God so loved the world that he moved toward those on earth. That he so loved the world that he came from heaven to you and I in the flesh of a man. In the flesh of Jesus Christ that he loved us so much, he moved toward us. Here's why this is important because, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fool in some areas, but there's some areas I'm, I'm pretty stupid about, you know. But I, I'm well aware that before me are some of you that are struggling in your life in one area or another. Um, there are addictions here that uh, are, are plaguing our life today. There are fears in this place. There are people struggling with depression in this place, I'm sure. Maybe there are those of you that are married. Um, you, you have kids. You, you got them dressed uh, to come to this place, and it kind of stressed you out. maybe it stressed you out getting them dressed maybe you finally got all their cool duds on and you got them here and you're pulling into the parking lot and you looked over at your spouse and you said we should have left earlier don't raise your hand if that's you okay but maybe you're arguing maybe somebody like I said maybe maybe somebody got yelled at uh, and you're walking in the door and uh, you're really not even liking each other you're kind of not friends right now and you're walking in the door and there's Mr. Bobby and he says oh good Sunday and you're like, yeah, right, well, he's risen, it's Sunday, right? The Lord's risen, amen? But you're really not feeling it. I mean, am I clear? Normal stuff here that we're facing? Yet, we think about the reality of life, the reality Maybe of that marriage. The reality of uh, that marriage, it, maybe it's broken. Maybe you're feeling desperate or lonely or separate or angry. It doesn't matter. We could stand up here and go on and on and on about it. But what, what we just saw is that God, in his initiating love, he leaned forward to us. He leaned toward us, not away from us. And a lot of times that's what we do when we, when we, when we struggle with our loved ones. We, we lean away from them. We, we move away from them because of something they're making us feel or whatever the case may be. Not the way God loves. And all our junk and all our struggles and all our problems, he leans forward. He leans toward us. And I think we need to understand this 
so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Now, it's important for us to, to, to look at a couple things here. And the first thing we need to realize is that when, 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 the, when the text calls Jesus the son of God, that doesn't mean that he was just born from some goddess up there and there was this kind of, he's like, Jesus was one of God's best kids and he sent him down here to rescue us. That's not the case at all. Let me tell you what the case is. It's important that we, we get this because God in the flesh is what happened. What happened is he, it says that in, in verse 17, or for you King James people, his begotten son, okay? His begotten son. You know what that means? That means the material that God was made of is what the same material that Jesus was made of. He's made from the same substance. He is the same. It is God in the flesh. He's not just some magic man. He, he, he is literally, the Bible tells us, Emmanuel. And that means God with us. Luke chapter 2 tells us, Emmanuel, God is with us. God is leaning in, meeting us right where we are in the middle of all our struggles, in the middle of all our addictions, in the middle of our broken relationships, in the middle of the stress that plagues our life, in the middle of wherever we are, God meets us right there. doesn't matter where you are in your life. God sent Jesus to be the righteousness that we need. The righteousness that we need. Listen, your righteousness at its very best, you can be the best you can be, will still not cover the debt that needs to be paid for your sin. All the righteous acts you can do in your life will not cover the ransom that needs to be paid for our sin. It's not adequate enough to cancel that debt. You're never going to, I mean, you're never going to be good enough to please God. I mean, sometimes, and if you just left it off at that, if you just stopped right there, you're like, I'm never going to be good enough to please God, then what's the point? What's the point? Well, I need to please him, right? I need to do something that, no. What we need to do is believe that he is who he says he is. That he is God in the flesh, that, that he came and died for us. That's why God in his great love, which, like I said, he loved us, he leaned in. He wasn't, he wasn't repulsed by us. He doesn't look down and see, man, look at Preston. Such a stumbling block for those youth. You know, he's had so much practice at living the way that he has for 35 years until he came to know me as Lord and Savior. And, you know, he struggles. I see the things in his life, and I see the problems. And look, he's causing those youth to stumble. That's not what God looks at me and says. He looks at me and sees the blood of Jesus Christ. He looks at me, and he says, I love you anyway, including all your junk. Like I said, he leaned in to rescue us. And in John 17, we see uh, 3.17, it says, for, for God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. What do we need to be saved from? Ourselves. We need to be saved from our sin and from ourselves. And so the Son, did, the Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, but rather save it. 
So Christ, something's done over here. Buzzer just went off. <laughs> Tear the piano's done. All right. uh, but, you know, Christ came not to condemn us, but to save us, to remove from you the condemnation. He came to remove that out of our life. So h- how did he do that? He gave his only begotten son. He came to, to the world, not to the earth itself, but to the people of the world, that in the flesh, Emmanuel, the perfect, spotless, righteous life that you and I, by the grace of God, are given, we're granted, imputed to us so that God sees us, he actually sees the righteousness of Christ. And I don't know about you, but that makes me feel good. Because I've got shame in my life that God has taken. There's things in my life that I don't want no one to know, but God knows. He knows everything about me. And that shame can plague me. It plagues many of us when we look back at yesterday and go, man, I should have, I could have, I would have. But God looks at me. When I truly understand what it means to know that God loves me, then I can relax. Because he doesn't look and see the knucklehead that I am. He sees the blood of Jesus Christ. He actually sees the righteous acts of Christ. So, so here's the thing that we must get. Look, 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 look right here. Like Abby, the song she sang, you are fully known. Think about this for a minute. You are fully known and loved by him. So he knows my struggles. Yeah. He, he knows my thoughts. Yeah. He knows everything about me. I know, it's a little scary, isn't it? But he loves you anyway. That's the big thing. That's the thing that that just blows our mind out of the water. You are fully known and loved by him anyway. And and, and everything you, you like or dislike, everything about you, who you are, what makes you you, that's what God, he loves you anyway. Now, maybe the, I know that many of us, many times we struggle. I know it's hard for some of you to love me. I get that. I understand that. Um, and, and, and some of you, feelings mutual. But, of course, we, we, we must love because God has loved us. Amen? God loves us anyway. I love you anyway. Think about it this way. In baptism, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Frank had the privilege to baptize Aiden Holt. And, you know, it was, I was supposed to be here, but I had gotten sick, and Pastor Frank uh, did it for me. But, you know, in baptism, when we, when, we, when we get into this water back here behind that screen, there's baptism, there's water there. It's just city water. I mean, I know we have a new city water system, and I live in the city, but it's the same water I get at my house. And if you live in the city, it's the same water you get at your house. Nothing special about that water, right? Amen? Okay, but... A man or a woman, when they get into the water, they, they, uh, uh, for, as they get into the water for the good of the saints, they mirror what God has done for us. They, uh, they testify to the saving work of Jesus Christ. They're, they're, put under, they're put under the water, symbolic to the death of Jesus Christ. Amen? We don't leave them there, do we? 
I mean, I know sometimes, uh, Aaron, we, we kind of want to wash them around a little bit and dunk them a few more times, make sure they get all nice and clean before we bring them up. But we don't leave them there. We bring them up. And, and, and if, you're, if you're brought up into the uh, Southern Baptist Church, you know that they're brought up to walk in newness of life. Amen? I mean, you're to walk in newness of life. Um, uh, they, um, they are brand new. They raise uh, to a new level. They are now owned by Christ. Um, and, and, and what happens in this, this moment? We are mirroring, we are showing, we're reminding the saints, you and I, the believers, we are reminded that Christ has died for us. That's what we're done. We've, we've been reminded of that. We have been raised with Christ. I mean, this should really stir up our hope that God's initiating love for us in Christ is real, and it's true, and it's present, and we need it. It's important. I need that. And I hope you do too. Because there's no other kind of love like that. And, 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 and my message today is simple. God loves you no matter what you think of yourself. No matter what you did yesterday. No matter what you did just before you came into those doors. No matter what you do as you walk out. Yes, he wants things from you. He wants you to love him back. That's all. But he loves you no matter what. And so I pray today, I pray that, that God has helped you understand a little bit more about his love. Because it's that simple, folks. It's that simple when we think about it. His love is amazing. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we uh, thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for your initiating love. Just knowing you, knowing full well we are, um, who we are, Lord God, knowing, knowing who we are and, and how we have come here, and, and, and Lord, how that we came into this place, no matter the thoughts, no matter the struggles, no matter the, the things that plague our mind, you love us anyway, God. You are a good God. You're a good, good Father. And Lord, I just pray today that you remind us of this great truth. And Lord, that you, you help us to see that um, this is encouraging to us, that this is going to help us throughout our day. And Lord, I just ask that you be with each person that's here. Use us to glorify your kingdom in all that we say and do. Forgive us where we fail, we pray in Christ's name, amen.